on dispensers of pets. Goking out at the cons, renaissance fests. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Eh, sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a Hey, what's up, fanboys? It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCall. <laughs> it's the most high energy he's been. <laughs> yeah! Woo! Party all the time! My girl likes to party all the time. Wow. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this is a very weird Wednesday. It, it is, is a weird Wednesday. It, First it was going to be a no comics Wednesday. But we got comics. Dodge that bullet. Yeah. Dodge that bullet. And then, mm-hmm. secondly, it was just... Eh. It's a it's rough work energy week. Work. Very clearly a ro- ro- rough work week. And so this is sort of Fanboy Planet Unplugged, I guess. After Just for a while we felt unplugged. No, no, after dark. Half drugged. <laughs> there we go. The sleepy ambient time. Unplugged as, as in no longer using heroic measures to keep us alive. <laughs> yes. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are trying to desperately keep it alive. Uh, uh, we are podcasting on... I don't even know what day it is. Earth Day! Happy Earth Day, Happy Earth Day, everybody! It's April 22nd. It's also Administrative Professionals Day. Wow. Way to bring it up. Uh, Secretary Day? We're podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104, Santa Clara, California, where they do indeed have Have their comics. comics. Yes. Uh, there was a, there was a Thank you, of, UPS. There was a snafu, apparently, but they did get a majority of their new comics today. Heroic measures Our by Steve. Sweet, sweet Absolutely crack by, is here. Yes. Steve Simonetti, the manager. Come in, say hi, give him a cookie. Anyway, uh, of course, with me are my crack team of reporters and commentators. First of all, my fabulous announcer. Lon Lopez. Yeah, that's you. That's right. Good. And uh, we're, we're grateful once again to have the presence of... Michael Goodson! Woo! The bearded wonder. He brought Triscuits earlier. And he did. And Mr. Ha- Energy. He had hummus, hummus with that horseradish. Awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Too. Horseradish and hummus go together like Rick Brettschneider and killing a man. <laughs> okay. And, of course, that means who's there at the other end of the table from me? Homicidal maniac Rick Brettschneider. Yes, and still the moral compass, which doesn't speak well for it the rest of us. It speaks poorly for the rest that, of you. That guy deserved it. Okay. Well, he did. He absolutely did. So I think he's still moving. We got some TV to talk about as, as television season kind of winding down. We got, uh, I guess, some movie news, and of course, we've got comics because we got new comics. We did. Well, we got also things. Uh, we for, should talk about the one in Lon's hand too. Uh, to, oh, today, yes. You know, this actually, uh, I did read a thing about this. What Lon has in his hand is the twenty-five cent copy of Buck Rogers number zero, which would be from is that Dynamite? Dynamite. Uh, seventy-five thousand copies ordered, so a huge seller for. Just for those who are not as hip as you, what's the average comic run? Well, I mean, uh, apparently that's about bucks, about three. Uh, what's the average? Current? Twenty-five cents. Really, anybody listening to this doesn't know that twenty-five <laughs> well, I mean, cents. What's the average run for print run for a comic? Okay, well, um, twelve. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> grim times, folks. It's grim times in the comic industry. So it is a good news thing. But perhaps because it's twenty five cents, other people taking rights. It's apparently like three times what they normally okay. get on their orders for a first issue of something. So it it'd is, be about twenty five thousand. Twenty five cents. It is twenty five cents. Right. It's Which, very pretty. Having just reread that uh, we mentioned it a while ago, the Greg Rucka uh, run on Batman that started with the ten cent issue. Of, oh, of yeah. Batman. So 
where where did that fad go? Because you know, we ten cents to get me started on a storyline, or twenty five cents, great idea. Yes, bring it back. Yes, do it again. Well, you know, weekly. We we have that coming up actually because it's Free Comic Book Day on May second, and please come to uh, to Elusive Comics and Games if you're local. Come by and pick up some free comics. But they're they're doing that with the Blackest Night, this huge that huge Green Lantern crossover that's going to bring back all the you know the DC zombies. But the zero issue of that is available for free, and it don't get better than that. So yeah. they're trying to get you hooked, and hopefully yeah. it'll be better than last year's DC Universe number zero. It, Michael's, does, Michael's, it, does, Michael's. it does look like the, the uh, 25 cent issue comic is about 16 pages. For a quarter, yeah. though. Yeah, a quarter. Yeah. You're, uh, you're eight pages shy of a full issue, that's, but still, that's, no ads. You're, ads you're never going to get to the point where you can pick up a comic book and they're going to give you a quarter. So. Yeah, Not any ads in there? We're never going to get what we, you know. Towards the end. It's a couple sure. of the end. Oh, okay. well, that's all right. Um, you know, so, uh, and Lon's reading it. has the artwork. I can't really see from the angle. Are you pleased with the art? It's good. Okay. Story. Buck Rogers, of course, being uh, a very old property. Uh, started in the comic strip in 1929, I think, after uh, after a 1925 novella by, uh, I want to say Philip Nolan. Um, but I may have that, that wrong, but I think. Anyway, um, where he was called uh, Armageddon, yeah. Arm, Arm, Armageddon in yeah. I know we're Zorlacking on you, and, and Michael watch you guys at me. geek all day long. We can, uh, but anyway, it was uh, then picked up by the Flint C. Dilly Corporation. Started as a changed the character's name from Anthony Rogers to Buck Rogers, uh, and not a particularly well drawn series originally, but very famous. Philip Francis Nolan. Okay, well, all right. So I had Nolan right. Oh, it, it is back in the introduction of that twenty-five cent comic. The little paragraph before says Anthony Buck Rogers. Okay, so it is back that way. Of course, for a lot of uh, our generation, probably what we're remembering is an update in nineteen eighty uh, of uh, with Gil Gerard as Buck Rogers. Do that again, Aaron Gray. Beedy beedy beedy. Oh, that's great. Lordy, that's Aaron Gray. Oh, Aaron, baby. Oh, Aaron. Who was at WonderCon this last year? Anyway, of course. Um, well. It doesn't make it north. But anyway, so it's a property that for some of us, but it's been like 25 Ran years. Ran is a long-term comic strip, too. Oh, a very long-term comic strip. Um, like I said, it, 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 very popular during the 20s and 30s. Then Flash Gordon kind of superseded it in popularity. But it ran in. Um, Gray Morrow drew it for a while. Uh, George Tuska, some, real, some big comics names from the 50s and 60s uh, drew that. Um, but I'm, this is not a relaunch of the Gil Gerard series. This no, is a, no. This is a, this is a, this is a reimagining. A reimagining, updating. Um, there had been rumors for a while that actually Frank Miller was supposed to direct an adaptation of uh, Buck Rogers, and then a little movie called The Spirit came out, and suddenly they're saying, "What? We never said that." You know, mm. retroactive continuity in real life. Mm. Uh, so uh, for a quarter, though, Lon, you just did you read? Actually, read the whole thing or just thumb through? I'm sorry. Most of it. Okay. I mean, it's... Would you say from that number you, it's worth the 25 cents? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, That's good. good. Another... It, it also says that it's the end. So, basically... Told the whole story for a quarter? No. Nice. Basically, it's basically the final chapter, and then issue one will Are be... Are we going to lead up to I'll this? Oh, be like the flashback. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Well, that's a daring game. But the art's good. Story was dense enough to where... It was a page turner, and you didn't. You felt like you got your money's worth, and you know I liked it. Great, it's worth a quarter. 
Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this week, finally sees the long-awaited conclusion to Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubert's work on uh, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. It's the start, isn't it? That's no, issue, that's issue one of two. Lon's holding. No, Lon's got number one. Is because is Lon's behind. Oh, I see. Yes, and then this actually came out today. It's been a, a couple months delayed. Gotcha. That's sort of the farewell to the status quo of where Batman was. Mm-hmm. You know. To fool us into believing that he's not going to make his way forward in time from that aboriginal cave. Right. So that we were left at the end of Final Crisis, number seven. I hope that's not a spoiler at this point. Anyway, I had to do that for Michael because I know he's never going to read Final Crisis. We've spoiled this. I don't know. I I looked (laughs) at that panel. Oh, you looked at that panel. Good. (laughs) I understood that panel. Uh, So uh, that's finally returned, uh, finally out, and we'll get a chance to read that and talk about it later, hopefully, and see Neil Gaiman's big work on Batman. It's kind of cool to see. Did you read the first part? I did read the first part. Was it Neil Gaiman-y? Yes, but it, what's probably going to drive you nuts is it's also a little Grant Morrison-y. Never mind. (laughs) So... uh, Sorry about that. Chief. There goes my plans for the evening. Yes. Uh, so battle for the cowl is anyone battle for that? the cowl? So right now we're trying to determine what the new status quo is, and the answer for is anyone reading that? Well, let's go around the table. Lon, battle for the cowl. No. Rick, uh, trades. Mm, Michael I thumbed through that Arkham Asylum issue, but didn't actually buy it or read it. No. Okay. Mm, and I myself, uh, having been burned by too many crossovers in the past, I feel like I'm like I don't think that a, that a bunch of heroes fighting for the right to be Batman is holds anything of interest to me. I want them to just finish it. Tell me who the new Batman is and move on. I, yeah, I really doubt that. Hal Jordan. Oh, well, that's weird. Totally unexpected. Maybe I will have to read it now. <laughs> Uh, he can be Green Lantern, Spectre, and Batman. Awesome. Ambush awesome. bug. Come on. You're now, just playing you to just, the crowd. Yeah, you know, you're just yeah, it's doggone it. It's a It's Arthur Curry. Uh-huh. Stop it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. Get in there. You know, I, I realize there is one, by the way. Why does Batman squish when he walks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I realize there's one um, drawback to those showcase uh, collections and with Ambush Bug in particular, where there are color related, coloring related jokes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they're all in black and white. They're all in <laughs> black and white. <laughs> you know, so like there's a cover which is reproduced on the cover because then it's in color where it's like he's turned Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman green. Can't you take a joke? So it's on the cover, but inside when they actually reproduce that cover in black and white. Yeah. Oh, I there guess was no. Uh, I guess they just editor, don't have a sense. There was of no humor. asterisk with a editor's note. Please turn to the cover. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's like that was one panel that is like a coloring book. It's like got a little color code and numbers <laughs> well, inside the, the well, open there, areas. There's a, joke, awesome. there's a joke about Anthony Tolland, like the the work of the color of the actual colorist on the original book versus the work of his four year old child. And I think in memory that it was supposed to be absolutely identical, but hmm. I, I don't know to say that Anthony Tolan colors like a child. I you know I I don't know. But anyway. Hmm. So it's so it's hard to know what's what was going on with that. So uh, what else do we have on there? If we, if we can't really talk about Battle for the Galaxy, we're going to wait for that status quo. Is Captain America Week? Tell me about this Captain America Week. I don't know. Have another guy who may be coming back. Yeah. I was just trying to make sense of it. I can't determine from the Marvel site if they're announcing there's going to be Captain America Week or this is Captain America Week because they're announcing that there were two upcoming issues of. Issue number fifty and issue number six hundred in the next two months, but okay. uh, aside from that, I read through their listing several times. It's a Captain America week at the top, and then nothing about specific dates. What well, was, what was the uh, marketing 
what have they released so far on that? Uh, covers. What do the covers look like? Uh, one is uh, Cap in the background with Bucky on the side, and then Bucky as Cap in the foreground, and it's almost a Stranko-ish uh, layout for the front. Hmm. And there was another one. I think that's the 600, and then the third, the 50 was just Bucky as Cap. Well, you know, it is interesting. I think uh, Lon pointed out a couple weeks ago, and maybe if you've caught up on it on the Secret Warriors or something, that idea that or was it you that said Hydra now has been revealed to have yes. created? And I was just reading commentary online, people going, you know, that really is not just a game changer, but a really stupid, unbelievable game changer. Yeah, uh, finish that sentence. Hydra is a that Hydra actually formed Shield. Shield was an arm of Hydra, All unbeknownst along. to them. So unbeknownst to Hydra, unbeknownst right. to Shield, oh. <laughs> unbeknownst to Shield, whereas Shield's actual whole reason for existence was to originally combat Hydra. So as far as world domination plans go, creating your opposite number and constantly losing to them, did brilliant. The go- did the government declare them a monopoly and they had to break up? <laughs> yeah. Oh, if only. <laughs> so, right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about this Captain America week. I do know that Marvel announced that Ed Brubaker and uh, and who did I just say off the air? Uh, Brian Hitch were going to be draw- uh, writing and drawing the mini a miniseries called Reborn this summer. The promotional image for Reborn is a field of black with a single white star in the center. So I would kind of assume... Starman? Oh, wrong. That's the yeah, other company. company sorry. Um, and I would assume that is finally. But it's kind of weird because you don't want to think Bucky's not going to be reborn again already. Hmm. And it's, it's funny, too, because Cap has been a really good book. Well, but here's what I'd say. They they did lay the seeds a while back where something had happened to the corpse that was unnatural. They kind of they wrote it off to being the, some side effect of the super soldier serum. They dumped him in the air. Well, like it well like it, like the body like shriveled really quickly and did yeah. something you know and they and yeah, they locked it away, entombed it, something. No, they put it in they dumped it in the ocean and Namor said no one's going to come near this. Oh, that was it. Okay. Uh, all right, so they had he he was basically saying, uh, you know, we had our differences, like an eternal flame but, kind of thing, uh, and he's going, no one's going to come near the body. Namor was going to make sure that Captain America rested in peace, right? Necrophilia, no, no. Uh, but what I what I really uh, admire is, I, I, one, I would bet, I bet one thing that um, that Bucky as Captain America probably did do better than they expected. It might have been something. Because it's been like sales wise, or well, the cat that is with fans that the idea everybody's like okay oh. with this. Oh, it was like oh, you okay. replaced Batman with Asriel as Batman. Fif- fans will go 15 years ago, everybody Pass. went nuts. You know, it was like this is the wrong guy, this is set, you know, but it was set up to be that way. So it was a you know, it wasn't long, you knew that. Whereas I, we they've had Bucky's Captain America long enough that I accept that as well, that's just going to be the status quo. And so if they're really going to bring back Steve Rogers. I kind of regret that, but I understand why they might want to if they're working towards a movie yeah. that it says it's Steve Rogers. Right. You know, it is too hard to explain when someone else is under that under that mask. So they have to bring him back, but I think it's to their credit that they've really waited till the last possible minute to to do so. To believably bring him back. And that they've done such a good job with the story in the meantime. Yeah. 
Can we uh, can we jump back to that thought, which also ties into the Big Bang Theory from, I guess, the last new episode? Oh, I love this. <laughs> so, <laughs> who in your mind could take up the mantle of Batman that you would be okay with? What? Why are we having this conversation? No, 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 no. no. Let's go ahead. I mean, you just said everyone's fine with Bucky as Captain America. Is there a non-Bruce Wayne DCU character who could pick up? The mantle of the bat, and well, you'd be okay with. Well, if you're with. going to make me push my, uh, you, know, you know, do your Zorlak, do my Zorlak thing. Here's the thing: the, the argument that got made on the Big Bang Theory, which then I love that they actually went so far as to make this theory yeah. and to say Tim Drake was the logical Batman, was like, and most of the audience went, "Who?" No, no, no. It was a very long conversation uh, yes, too. But <laughs> I loved it, it and I followed every bit of it and went, "Wow, wow." Um, <laughs> Tim Drake's just too young, and yet the really the well, argument. Sh- Sheldon's point was Devin uh, uh, Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Devin Grayson. Devin Grayson wrote Dick Grayson. Awesome. <laughs> um, was Dick Grayson because it's logically that's what he's been training to do. Sure. However, the counter argument, which was good, was that Nightwing is a character in his own right character. and is kind of is cool enough on his own. But the other guy's point wasn't wasn't it uh, Jason Todd? Right? No, he said Tim Drake. I thought he said Jason Todd. I don't remember. Yeah. I can't settle this because one. that was an unresolved mm. character. I could be wrong. Right in, editor, would, fanboyplanet.com, I, yada, yada. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and yes, Goodson was right. They said Jason Todd. Totally different sitcom. Uh, I would be see. I was I was happy with the assumption that Dick Grayson was going to be the Batman in the Batman and Robin series that Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely are going to do, and that Damien is the Robin because they keep talking about like here's what this really cool established Batman is with this psychotic edgy Robin. I'm like, well, the only other character that would fit be small enough to be the psychotic edgy Robin is not Stephanie Brown. The spoiler, it's got to be, uh, and it's definitely a boy, so it's got to be. Uh, Damien. Damien, which I think then puts uh, Tim Drake as possibly Red Robin. Interesting, because they're going to have a solo thing of Red Robin for a while. Who's going to be wearing that? Okay, and I and I I don't see t- uh, Jason Todd. The Red Hood identity worked well. I don't see why he would uh, if he loses that battle. But I agree, he makes a much better foil than he does an interesting Batman story. Mm-hmm. And we've also seen in the J to Teen Titans that in the future. Tim was Batman, right? right. That he said, I, "That's never going to happen. I'm not right. going to be Batman." Yeah, I do see a logical time when Tim would. I just think he's too young for it. I right. think he's established as being too young for it at this time in continuity. I think so. I certainly think it can never last because you can never say Batman's origin story is his parents were gunned down in an alley. Then he and died. Then he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can't say that with Tim, right? right. I don't know what happened. To Tim's mom. Uh, Tim's mom died before his dad did they were um both kidnapped and uh by terrorists in south america mom was killed dad was paralyzed from the waist down and then when he came back into the picture he let bruce wayne take care of tim for a while mm-hmm. and then he came back in the picture and he had a caretaker so tim who he was falling in love with so tim had a stepmom for a while sort of and then i think um, died in an identity crisis yes and then, his, captain and, then yeah. and then captain boomerang killed him yeah. killed his father in uh so that's a much longer crisis. origin story no i know <laughs> really well that's what makes batman work the most you know because it is and everybody can grasp that his parents were concept. gunned down in front of him yes and that's and it and he, and he here's the reason i'm not reading battle for the cow and i think i mentioned this maybe a month ago 
that we were at Comic-Con in San Diego and Judd Winnick brought up the point of you can't change who Batman is. Batman is always Bruce Wayne. That as soon as you change who Batman is, fans will just go, well, I'm going to wait till Bruce Wayne is Batman again, then I'll start reading. Well, here we are. Well, I'm going to wait till they tell me. Three years later. I'm going to wait till they tell me who. Tim Drake, I'll read. Yeah. Because they've established Tim Drake as a really good character, a competent. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the thing is, unlike every other member of, of, well, every other Robin, but every other thing, he made that choice. He decided that Batman needed a Robin. He fought for it. He found himself in the position where he could become that Robin, and he willingly took on that mantle. Yeah. Not out of tragedy originally, though, again, they threw in all that stuff. But is Tim... Now we're getting super Zorlacky. Is Tim Drake... And yet it's really hot to see you do this. A Batman. Batman prepares for everything. Yes. He's got it all covered. Yes, and they've done... Actually, they've established that in Teen Titans, that... That, that, that Tim, Tim is is sharp. That Tim, is rubbed off. Tim on Drake him. is absolutely. That's what he trained. He okay. trained himself to take that mantle, and then he has fallen. Uh, he has followed Bruce Wayne's tutelage better than any of the others did. Dick, they've, and, and some of this is retroactive continuity, where they've gone back and said Dick had his hot headed period. Jason obviously was a mistake, but Tim was absolutely. This is your order. Fine, I will do this. You know, follow these tests. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. To the point that when when Grant Morrison in R.I.P. was setting up that Batman was Bruce Wayne was leaving Tim out of some of his plans because Tim was so good that he would screw up Bruce Wayne's plans if he like the whole alternate personality thing right and mm-hmm. he was keeping it secret from Tim he kept the existence of Stephanie's of of the spoiler Stephanie Brown still being alive from Tim because. He says, otherwise, if Tim thought there was the slightest chance that Stephanie Brown was still alive and they were trying to keep her safe in Africa, that Tim would figure it out and track her down. Hmm. All right. Okay. You know, yeah. So Fine. Bruce was acknowledging. Tim is the one one I'll, I'll say, all right, I'll, I'll give it a few. Dick issues. Grayson is the first son and he's, and he's great, but Tim is the one who's going to be – who could really take that mantle on. Issue settled. Love it. Oh, I have one other thing to say about it, which is... Issue I, settled. I'm not... Don't re- pull a Sheldon. I, I, one time I bought all the Batman books, and then I realized I was like 30 issues behind, and I was, just wasn't excited about it at all. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until recently... Been in your shoes. ...that I actually started picking up some of the more recent trades and following through the plot lines. And frankly, it's much more satisfying. The storylines they're writing are much more satisfying in the trades. Than when you read the trades, Rick, you're killing the industry. And if that's what's killing, if, if this is the way they're going to write the stories, hmm. they're writing the stories for the trades more than. I mean, and I actually think it's more than DC, more DC than Marvel is doing it this way. I'm finding I'm buying many more DC trades than I'm buying Marvel trades. So. But one man's opinion. But is that I would find that that's true. I agree with you for a different reason. I buy more DC trades than Marvel because I think those you are like the stories DC. I want to keep. Yeah, I understand. There you, go. you know, but yeah, I can understand because um, I, I certainly have gotten the impression, especially through like the Ultimate line or all of the Marvel crossovers, like this is clearly written for a trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, to each his own. Okay, there we go. Moving right along. So indeed. We've got some Saturday Night Live people to talk about. Bill Hader and... And Tina Fey is one good-looking... She's not Saturday Night Live anymore. But she's still good-looking. Bill Hader and Seth Meyers. Is that Seth Meyers working? uh, Seth Meyers, they're doing... He's the head writer of Saturday Night Live and the 
uh, anchor at week, weekend uh, the weekend update segment. And Bill Hader hey. has a number of movies under his belt. Bill Hader, fantastic impressionist, and definitely one of us. And uh-huh. he's established his his credentials as a fanboy for quite some time. Um, they are writing; they've been hired for Marvel to write a Spider-Man one-shot called "The Short Halloween." Obviously, to take off on the Batman series, "The Long Halloween." But it's going to be one episode. One, one issue. episode because it's critically it's a, acclaimed. It's a short Halloween. Halloween. Yes, yes, the critically acclaimed uh, "Long Halloween," which, by the way, if people who are Batman fans haven't read that. Get that trade, mm-hmm. okay? Actually, I don't think I've read it. Come on over to my house. You borrow later. Get the trade. Okay. All right. No, no, no. I've got all 12 issues. <sighs> floppies. Yes, floppies. <laughs> I don't like calling them floppies. <laughs> Kevin McGuire is the artist on that. Kevin McGuire. Oh, geez. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it is like, of course I'll buy that. That's oh, a Spider-Man geez, story. Oh, that's awesome. I'm not so sure about Seth Meyer because I think he tends towards the infantile. In his writing, True. he goes for a lot of easy jokes, but Bill Hader, again, he's got the credit as one of us, and I think he's uh, he's got a, a, a really sharp sense of humor. That was it. my exact thought when I read that. I was like, oh, Bill H- okay, Seth, my- no. No. <laughs> yeah. If it you was, do Sarah Palin jokes. It's fine. Get yeah, you, you know, I, but, I mean, it's not as bad as it could be. I, I, I was afraid that I was going to read that. It was going to be Bill Hader and Andy Samberg. Like, <laughs> so I webbed team. in my pants. I would just be happy if, like, Bill Hader was. It's the internet, Rick. You can say jizz. Uh, no, no, you can't. No, you can't. You say pale. You say yeah, pale. Okay. I, I, I think Bill Hader could do it solo. And I'm saying, you know, Mr. Hader, if you're listening, write it and tell us why you're not writing it solo. <laughs> I don't understand. Could, could we be friends? Could we hang out? Um, so that was awesome. I think we're done with comics, right? I think we may be. Uh, so the, Fables crossover starts this week. We've already t- we talked about that last week. The great Fables crossover. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything else newsworthy. Well. You know, Wednesday Comics, they released some preview art again, and if you have not seen I haven't seen any of it. I should. Oh, geez. You've got to look, because the Commandy page is- What are you guys talking about? We haven't listened to the podcast. No. This summer, uh, DC Comics is releasing a a weekly series called Wednesday Comics. It'll be the size of old-time newspaper Sunday Comics, Mm -hmm. and they've just let some top creators go wild, out of continuity, whatever, telling- stories with their favorite characters. So Mike Allred and Neil Gaiman are doing Metamorpho, so it's a mm-hmm. weekly one-page strip. Mm-hmm. That's why it got mentioned on the podcast. Like, no, well. It's you a, love the Metamorpho. I do love the Metamorpho, but it's got Commandy, but it's, uh, it'll be a weekly, there'll be a, a, the the cover story will always be Batman, so it's a, week, a weekly Batman strip. Good choice. With, uh, I think it's, I want to say it was, uh, no, uh, the guy that draws uh, Hunter Bullet. So Brian Azzarello and mm-hmm. Eduardo Riso, Riso are doing a weekly Batman strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Bermejo, who did that Lex Luthor Man of Steel miniseries, is drawing a Superman strip. Uh, there's a Green Lantern. Kyle Baker's doing Hawkman. And then Commandy is being done like it's Prince Valiant. Hmm. So it's just this awesome... I'm looking at it going, wow, it looks like Hal Foster's being drawn in this style. And it's like... But it's Commandy. It's like... What's strange about that is that I'm most excited about the Kyle Baker Hawkman. Doing realistic... the Like, Kyle Baker... I've seen some preview art of that, and it's Kyle Baker just doing as realistic as he can. It is... It's some beautiful looking stuff. Nice. So, hmm. I still haven't... I still haven't... Do we know the price on that? I still haven't encountered a price point on that. But I think DC's trying to make it reasonable, because it's... Even though it's oversized, it's probably going to end up not being that many pages, even though you can fold it down into comic book size. Hmm. You know, so I think it's like it's like twelve or thirteen strips, and they're probably even going on a, like a fine grade newsprint kind of thing. 
So hopefully they'll keep it kind of kind of reasonable to buy on a weekly basis. When you say strips, do you mean like four panels? Like when we look at no, like 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 old time nineteen thirties. I wasn't alive in the thirties. Will you remind me what it's like? Show you full page things. We're on we're on like radio show. Do you remember reading Sunday comics ever? Yes, they're like four panels and uh, in a newspaper. No, that's no Garfield kicks normal. What? No, that would be the that. Well, actually, for Garfield, doesn't matter which day of the week. He stretches it. He sure. pads a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they used to. I mean, the front page used to be just two comics. I mean, it'd be, the yeah. Hal Foster would be the below the. Uh, well, but originally it was Prince one. Diane. It was one comic, and that's oh, what it is. So it's yeah. a full page. Like the Spirit was started, and a lot of people always often miss this: is the Spirit was actually a comic strip, eight pages syndicated. So they so they would sell this Sunday comic that was the Spirit. It was a comic book supplement. So it'd be this beautiful full, you know, the size of a newspaper, full page, Eight page story, one one page per full page story. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, DC's going back to that, trying to do something different, trying to do like what uh, you know, when Rick found that Whammo book, you yeah. know, that idea of that feeling of what of being oversized for us, like what is it like to be a kid again? Only, but actually, then giving us. Creators working at the top of their game. I mean, yeah. doing what they've all like, a, getting a chance to work on their dream character and not tied down by continuity so they can tell the Green Lantern story they've always wanted to do. Metamorpho, the Metamorpho story you've always wanted right. to, and not worry about what's really happened with And not have to worry about crossovers. My okay. only, the only one that really, and I'm sorry to say that it really bothers me, is um, Dan DiDio is writing Metal Men with Duncan Rulo, who did the miniseries that sucked. No, that was Michael spitting through oh. the side. He thinks that static. You are so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to my board trying to figure out what's going that, on. That's what me going <laughs> yeah, what a, yeah, you know. And, but, I'm tired of that guy. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Keep it. You no, know, it's all right. Yeah. It's okay. What are we going to interview him? Come on. Just keep no, we're not. I'm tired. Not, not, now <laughs> we're not. Thanks, Michael. Goodwill Ambassador. That's your official title. No Way to kill the DCU. Okay. So let's go to movies. Okay. With I saw the soloist last night, which was not indeed did not fit into the genre that we had politically incorrectly referred to it as before. Oscar bait? No, or not that the one. Other one. <laughs> the other one. It's, it's definitely Oscar bait, but I understand definitely a reason why it was not released in the so-called Oscar season. Not because the Oscar season was so crowded, mm. but because I think it will be a fairly well-regarded film. Mm. In hindsight, but right now, it's actually not that emotionally manipulative or effective if they're trying to. I found myself kind of curiously unmoved by that subject matter. What I thought was instead more of really a kind of a clinical look at what is it like to be suffering from schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and what is it like to be someone who is trying to learn about it and befriend someone who's got this. You know, Robert Downey Jr. definitely has a lot of strong emotional scenes that I was like, okay, it's a little histrionic. I thought it was kind of somewhat, somewhat indifferently directed at points that it, it hits a lot of buttons that I don't like, which is wooden puppet syndrome. A couple of um, Stephen Root, who's a, a great character actor, uh, who was on True Blood and uh, was, was on Pushing Daisies. Uh, you know, it was that the guy that was the mysterious guy from their past on Pushing Daisies, um, and was in Office Space. Famous. It's like he pops into three scenes. His character would be completely gone, and you wouldn't know or care. Okay. 
Uh, Catherine Keener is hired to be the vicious bitch ex-wife that she almost always plays and has a drunken berate your ex-husband scene like mm-hmm. she's had in several, including Hamlet 2 this last year. That kind of felt a little weird. They also are making this point that when Jamie Foxx's character is really in sync with the music, it's like seeing God, and then it's countered by uh, by a violinist or a, I'm sorry, a cellist with the Los, Los Angeles Philharmonic who tries to reach out to him through Robert Downey Jr. putting them together, who's like this really obnoxious, over-the-top, born-again Christian. Okay. So I, mean, I don't mind that there's a character, because it, be, it might be actually accurate to the truth, because it is based on a true story, that this guy really was a born-again Christian. But when you flip to him on the cell phone outside his house with a mural on the outside of the house overlooking the canyon of Jesus reaching out to his followers and thinking... It just seems a little hardcore Christian bashing that's unnecessary. Okay. You know, um, so I don't know. It, it did a lot of things that I think were cliches in films and then and then didn't give us any, which I think is actually it. There's no real big emotional payoff because the truth of the matter is in dealing with schizophrenia, there is no solution, unfortunately, sadly. So it's an interesting character study. And I say in time, in a couple of years, I think people look back and go, oh, it's that's a decent movie, but it but what the ads I guess are selling because I've only seen the trailer that was on the Tropic Thunder DVD. I haven't watched any commercials for it, you know. So and Lon made the comment to me last night that well, what did you expect? I mean, haven't you seen these commercials? It's total Oscar bait, and mm-hmm. we've all said it was Oscar bait, but sure. yeah, he was reading a comic at the time. So uh, you know, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't pay off in the way that Oscar bait should. There was no weeping, sure, you know. So. Interesting, another great Robert Downey Jr. performance. Uh, a Jamie Foxx performance that did not actually irritate me half as much as I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, you know. So well, it's good. It to, I mean, it's nice to see Downey doing consistent work now after so many years. I will of tell you, having- I watch a, mo- a movie like this where it's like a very serious drama, and I think probably what most affected me emotionally is you jerk. How many lost years? Yeah. Yeah. Do we have of what you could have been doing this kind of thing all along? You know, I just feel like we've lost so many great performances. You, uh, you famously described Johnny Depp as a man who makes films better, regardless of whether or not the film was any good. His performance made that film better, and that—that's. I'm beginning to come around to that about Downey. Downey Jr. I, I do believe that yeah. Downey Jr. I, 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 he's always giving an interesting performance. Yeah, yeah. So, it is. It is indeed. Um, there's not much movement on any like casting rumors. Uh, you know, th- nobody seems to know what's going on with Thor. Sam Raimi's been talking about Spider-Man Four and saying, "Well, maybe Kirsten Dunst is going to be in it, maybe not." And I say, "Sam, let her go. <laughs> Stop teasing let her fly us. free. <laughs> yeah. Let her just run free. Just forget I'm about really her. Okay go, with that? I was okay with uh, Ron Howard's line, daughter, yeah. Bryce Dallas. Bring Gwen in. I'm cool with that. Um, <laughs> we don't need no her. movement on any of the Marvel things, and, and the DC. F- nobody seems to know what's going on there either. Uh, and that's the movie. Well, I do no, want to there's say two others that we what? had on the list. Damn what it. were the two others? Remind us. Well, there's you a, a, a very famous, uh, longtime famous actor, uh, all nicknamed the Hedgehog. Oh yes, thank you for yes, yes. We've got I've two seen little indi- films. We've got two little independent, two I, independent films that I really wanted to tout because they seem like they're things that would fit the Fanboy Planet listenership, and one is definitely would fit both Fanboy Planet listenership and Michael Goodson. Now, I can't say that the hedgehog is a guy who makes films better. We're not talking about Sonic. But I have seen many of his films. (laughs) We're talking about Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy is starring in a sci-fi comedy. I might call it a horror film. 
Uh, you <laughs> will after you've seen it. <laughs> I think it depends on how many close-ups there are. In which oh. aliens, now I don't know if he's playing himself or a character who's meant to just resemble himself, uh, but about a porn star whose male organ is uh, overtaken and controlled by aliens, aliens who terrorize a an adult film set. And the name of the film is One-Eyed Monster. Yeah. Why would aliens do that? <laughs> what is their long-term goal? But I it, don't know, but I'm anxious to find out. First the porn set, <laughs> then the world! But it's happened. Wasn't that your plan? It's happened before, Shut because up. I was I was catching a video preview. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. There was a movie back in the 70s called Cinemax. Slither. Yeah, it was called Slither. Oh, also known as The Brood, isn't that? I'm not sure. David Cronenberg? I, I could swear that it had Marilyn Chambers in it. Yes, no, that is a David hey, Cronen- Cronenberg. Cronenberg film. Oh, the late, the, the late Marilyn Chambers Marilyn who did pass Chambers. away last oh, week. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, sorry. That's I thought bad. that's why you bring it in. Moment of silence. So, uh, and in that one, there is there are these... Um, no, not know, Slither. I'm sorry. It's called Shivers. Is it Shivers? Shiver. Yeah. But it, it has, you guys are talking a, about two different movies. There's a remake of it coming out, and the basic, basic premise is there's this alien force in slug-like things. No, actually, that film was made two Phallic. years ago. and it Was been, it? It came and went. It is not available. It was written and directed by my friend James Gunn. Really? Because I, I saw it. With Elizabeth, uh, not Mitchell. Striptease? No. No, from Zach and Mori, Zach and Mary make a, por- a porno. Elizabeth. Mirno? No. Sure. No. No. Um, uh, and uh, every and the guy from Firefly uh, uh, that we all that everybody seems to love. What? Uh, why am I totally Nathan Fillion? Nathan Fillion is in and it. Elizabeth. Okay, yeah, that was I. I, 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 I know Mitchell's not right. I'm, I'm pulling on Mitchell. That's a different actress. She was in the Santa Claus too. Elizabeth Banks. And there she you was, go. She was uh, Betty Brant in the Spider-Man movies as well. Uh, yeah, so never yeah. would have got there. Sorry. Yeah, I know, uh, but that's how my mind works. Oh, you're yeah. right. 2006. Yeah. So and uh, also 1973. And that, but the original Slither is actually about snakes or people getting transformed. I into saw snakes. a movie that and had the Shivers. Same- Shivers is the one you're thinking about. It's a David Cronenberg film okay. with Marilyn Chambers. Uh, it's also called They Came From Within. That's it. It was yes. yeah, right. It has two different titles. Depends on which country it was released in. So. I'd like to point out that my Zorlac knowledge that does was, extend I mean, that beyond the four-color page. That was impressive. That was impressive. But it Marilyn was, Chambers it, film. This last one that is Slither is a remake of They Came From Within. No, it's not. Can it's we talk more about one It's not. It's, it is a similar premise. It is not. Okay. It is a straight-up alien. It's a similar premise. No, There's alien no. phallic things that no, go after uh, women in no, bathtubs because that's the same scene. Fight! No, they fight! Came, they came from within. I don't think the explanation actually is aliens. Okay. It's... Uh, it's David Cronenberg is far more concerned with our own psychoses actually creating uh, our monsters and our problems. The hideousness of mankind is what David Cronenberg is concerned Aliens with. Aliens are cooler. Yeah, that's why I I, I, I okay. I, I'm going to find out what movie I'm going to say. I saw it, and I'm really, at the Winchester uh, the Winchester Drive-in. Well, first of all, in you can't prove that theater even existed. <laughs> all right, both of you stop. Okay. Next. We're going into San Jose history. So that was One-Eyed Monster. We're looking forward to that. And then another one is opening May 5th. Are we looking forward to One-Eyed Monster or are we just announcing it? You and I are. And don't lie. Don't lie. (laughs) Another one. You might not be looking forward to this, but I am. May 15th opening uh, in regionally. I'm hoping San Jose gets it. Uh, I'm sure San Francisco will. I know Los Angeles and New York will get it. It's a a Japanese giant monster film called Big Man Japan. 
which is make, which is about a guy who's and taking the hereditary job as the the ability to, uh, when he electrocutes himself, turn into a giant malformed sumo wrestler whose job it is to defend Japan from the giant monsters that periodically invade him. Invade, as they so often Japan. do. Yes. However, the problem is now in the modern culture, most of the Japanese society believes there's no place for a kaiju fighter, as the official title would be. They don't like him. He also has the problem where his grandfather is still alive and periodically, and had the, had the power, periodically electrocutes himself, turns into a giant old man who then soils himself <laughs> in giant form. So wow, is that going to be IMAX? I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm you know, it just sounds really funny. I get, you know, making fun of the Godzilla movies, the Kaiju, Ultraman, Spectre Man, kind of with the respect, but, you know, for Japan, someone in Japan to make fun in that right way, it, you know, it just seems like it's a movie I want to see. I don't know if it's any good. Animated? No, live action. Live action. <laughs> yeah. Man in rubber suit, man in rubber suit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm really kind of, I have a feeling it's going to be stupid, but in one of those jaw dropping, they. How did they read my soul? <laughs> kind of ways. All right, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's like how like we talked about last week, Crank Two, High Voltage, which I haven't had a chance to see it. But I'm, every time I review this, I'm going, "Why have I not watched Crank? Why have I not seen this film?" I, I have. You don't need to. But really you know, you and I disagree on this. It's like where you where I made you sit down and watch Big Trouble in Little China, the yeah, movie which I I love dearly, and you and, yes, and mm. and you were bored by it. Buckaroo Banzai. Twenty years later, I was bored by it. I'm sure if I'd seen it in the '80s, I would have been as drooly as right, you are. But back then, you were mm. still, you know, worshiping a frog. So, um, <laughs> by the way, if you get, did you pick out the Muppet Show from Boob Studios? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. Um, wanted to say also, by the way, a comics TV will kind of straddle because we wanted to go to TV, but Pushing Daisies. Brian Fuller announced this week he has signed a 12 issue deal with DC. The third season of Pushing oh my Daisies God. will be in comics. <laughs> oh wow! And and I don't written know how I feel about Josh this. Sweden. But it, but he, written but no, written by Brian Fuller. Uh, it's the the entire cast versus one thousand zombies. Okay. I hate Brian Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I you know I, I feel that we we May thirtieth is when we'll see the first of the last three episodes, uh, and then hopefully it'll get to a point where. You know, it'll, it'll set up the zombie. I don't think it'll set up the zombies. I think some time will have passed. Because I don't know if you watched Pushing Daisies to the end of what they broadcast, but they definitely set up an incredible cliffhanger. And again, almost every show I watch that I know has already been renewed, I go, and you couldn't renew Pushing Daisies? Jay Leno's going to be on five nights a week at 10 p.m., <laughs> and you couldn't renew Pushing Daisies? Yeah, there's, there are actually slightly fewer special effects in the Leno show. <laughs> But there's nothing special about the Leno show. It just hurts me. True. So let's talk about a show that I love that we still don't know if that's coming back for another season. Chuck. Yeah. Which had an incredible... It's not even the season finale. It's the lead-up to the, the season. The lead-up to the season finale. And it could have been this... I would have been happy if they ended it without so that last awesome. scene. I would have been happy with this that. Could have that been the, it could have been the end of the series. It could have been Because we me. don't know if it's been renewed. And the thing about it, and i got to say about scripting-wise, that I'm left going... What the heck would they do for a third season? Yeah. And going, I want to see that third season. Go to season. Club Med? Ooh. <laughs> Start any, their own agency? Any excuse to put Yvonne <laughs> Strahovski back into yeah, the black bikini. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. When she came out of that bathroom and she made that turn before getting into the bed, 
just in case my wife is listening, I don't know what he's talking about. I blacked out. Anyway, go- <laughs> ah, she had a little smirk on her face. Stop oh, it! She did. Stop it! A celebrity, I'm going to say right now, I can never. You're interview. the moral compass. You're better than that, Rick. I, all I said was she. <laughs> Not can. after it came out that he killed a man. <laughs> oh, man. He, did, he did deserve it. <laughs> He's know. still twitching. Owed him money. <laughs> did you just kill Lon? Is that He's still twitching over okay. there? I haven't seen him in like half an hour. I know. This is. This, wow. For listeners wondering where Lon is, we are too, but we just were too lazy to stop the podcast. That's true. So, um, right on through. I don't know. What was that smell of brimstone and smoke? We <laughs> Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I thought Chuck was it was incredible. I, I'm sitting there going, again, and the, and the students are asking me the next day, did you watch Chuck, Mr. McCaw? What's, you know, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I'm actually like, I'm, I'm, I usually don't speculate. All the stuff that happened in that episode, everything from like Tron at midnight showing and then the guys showing up. Well, I would. T- I, I, Chevy Chase up on the screen screaming at him and you know, all those. Doing his thinly so veiled the- Steve Jobs. Everybody goes he's, as Bill Gates. I'm like, he's not Bill Gates. He's Steve Jobs. Yeah. But. Steve Jobs by way of Dick Cheney. Yeah. yeah. But what I, I, I watched the la- you know, these last few episodes of Chuck as they've been trying to. Put in as much plot as they could because they don't know if they're going to be renewed. I think mid-May is when the the networks are going to announce who's coming back. Uh, I wish that these episodic shows had enough creativity to give us that much plot on a regular basis. This has felt like a desperate desperation move to really move these plot lines along. And then it's like, wow, this is energy. This is a show. This is awesome. If people would tune in and watch something... That fun, but that densely packed in any one hour, you'd feel like, ah, oh, you know. I mean, I hear this complaint about. I hear this complaint about Lost a lot. I'm hearing, and I'm not. I'm not caught up on Heroes that much. Uh, I've been catching up on Terminator, and I see that same complaint where you have about one out of every three episodes remembers what all the subplots are okay. and shoots it forward, and then two episodes sort of kill time. Yeah, things happen. Oh, that was okay. They bemoan but, their their fate in life. I will just. Briefly interject, The Lost is much better about that. After the second season, it's a fantastic show. Okay, but there was criticism in the second season that that's what it was doing. Okay, so Lost has moved forward, you know. And and so I'm just kind of – Chuck has just shot so much into itself in the last four or five weeks. Yeah, but a good writer – I mean, don't don't worry about them writing out the intersect and all that because a good writer can bring that back in five minutes of plot line. But what I mean – I – I've already got. I've already got my theory as how it would be. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm okay. But the fact is that I'm theorizing. I'm looking ahead. I'm guessing. What are you going to do? You know. I, whereas, like, even pushing daisies, I'm kind of like, okay, one because I already know it is canceled. But it's like, okay, now I just want to see what you want to do. I'm not really guessing much. But uh-huh. Chuck, on a week to week, once they started rolling things, I'm like, oh, you know, once. Once Orion was there, I'm like, Orion's going to be his dad. Orion's going to be his dad. And, you know, and oh, yeah. And it's yeah. just like it has me very excited about what little twist are you going to give. And then putting Chevy Chase in there, it's like, who really? Yes, he's playing Steve Jobs, but the other thing is he's still Clark Griswold. Yes. And I think, you know, it's kind of weird how Chevy Chase's character can seem incompetent and now is really scary as you think, you know, he's only been seeming incompetent and now he's pure evil. You know, it's like it's it's cool. Yeah. And I, I, I also and sorry, Tim. I like Scott Bakula. That's for Tim Watson, an employee here, Lose of Comics Games. Who said once they introduced Scott Bakula, she, he was going to stop watching Chuck completely. Well, there was also the scene where Captain Awesome got introduced to what was going on with 
That was awesome. <laughs> and is he not Captain America? I he, look at that and I go, be. that is Steve yeah. Rogers. That is Steve Rogers. So, all-American boy. So, very excited about that. What else are you excited about in television this week, Rick? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing else. I want to mention a DVD release. I think it came out last week. Is that, uh, though this had been previously available on the in the Superman box set, the, the tin set. Right. Um Warner Brothers has finally released a, a, a separate disc of the remastered Fleischer Superman. Yeah. Wait a minute. I've purchased that disc before. Are you telling me I don't have the complete set? You purchased a disc of Superman cartoons? Yes. I'm telling you, you oh, didn't. They are now digital. Well, the problem, oh, the problem is for a long time they were sort of in the oh. they were in the public domain. Did you buy it for a dollar? No, like ten bucks or something. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many of those DVDs I have that people have given me as gifts. The dollar, like right. you walk into Target and there was in the. I paid tin. ten for that. You paid ten, but because a lot, because, it was a, because but those have not were, been digitally cleaned because they were in public domain. Yeah. They were they were in the public domain. Anybody could release them. Some had did a, a couple of companies, knockoff comic companies, had done better editions, certainly. But this is. The uh, a for now definitive remastered complete set of those animated cartoons, which are aside from being significant historically in trying to introduce the concept of realistic animation, which Bob Clampett was going to try to do um, with John Carter of Mars, and he couldn't get uh, funding for it back in like '36. The Fleischer brothers managed to get it they, because of Paramount by in 1941. So it's it's realistic animation. They're great oh, yeah. eight minute. They're just great eight minute little Superman stories. They're Very awesome compact. cartoons. Yes, some the of them incredibly crappy versions I've watched on DVD still are, were awesome. They were awesome. Now they ruined suck. It. <laughs> <laughs> that sound of bitterness. Let it go, Michael. No. Yeah, I understand, man. I understand. And let me turn this around. Also, Warner Brothers has announced on a, on a kind of – just see if I can spread the bitterness around the table, though Rick took this well. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that they have a trade-in, a red red to blue policy now. If you had, I actually think that's pretty cool. It's great customer service. If you invested in the HD DVD versions of Warner Brothers films, you can send the cover of it back in – to Warner Brothers, and they will replace it free with the Blu-ray version. There are a couple that I found. I was looking that, over my that collection. That is awesome. That is amazing customer service. There's some that, that aren't in there, or they're in there differently. Because like I have the limited edition Blade Runner in the HD, and they've only, they don't have that one. They've got just the regular Blade Runner, and so I'm not sure if I send that in properly if that's going to get converted. So well, then, I'm sure there's probably a it. website where you'll yeah. check that out. And but see. if you think about it. If you currently – here's a little consumer tip. If you currently have a Blu-ray player, go down to your electronic store that may still be selling the HD DVD editions of these movies. You can usually pick those up now for 5 to $8 a piece. They're charging on average $5 to upgrade those to Blu-ray. So you're, th- you're talking like $13 to $15 for a Blu-ray copy of the same movie. Plus shipping. Well, if you're getting a couple of them, the well, Warner Brothers is charging. Five, I thought one, one. I thought there was a free. There's a charge. I think there's a charge. A handling uh, fee. There's okay. like it's an upgrade charge on 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 them. They're not just giving you a chance. Oh, exchange. I thought they were doing well. Even five dollars. No. Okay, so that's yeah. still somewhat reasonable. It's, it's still very reasonable. Which also that's reasonable, especially since, <laughs> yeah. especially since you're just sending the cover art in off the 
disc. You're right, not so you can still have HD it. You still have the HD. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So I think it's a it's a great move on Warner's part. I, I I'm you know I'm happy with that company right now. Um, yeah, I I don't know what else we could say about. Oh, I did want to say TV wise, uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. A new episode will be on May first with oh, the Huntress. So I was bringing that in. I made an interesting discovery this weekend, and I, if anybody from the Brave and the Bold production team listens in, I, I know occasionally I have heard, heard rumors that possibly, possibly do, is a character that I did not expect to be extremely, um, to hit, uh, as they hit hard, but I discovered this weekend when I was going through my Justice League disc with my son mm-hmm. that the character he loves most, now can you guess, because he is my son, uh, that has been on Brave and the Bold that my son loves the most is a rather obscure superhero. Mm. Would you ca- ha- care to? Is it one of your trifecta? Or? It is not. Oh, oh. this was. But I, I really love the fact that my son has has taken a and really I, bizarre DC one. hero to heart as his as his favorite superhero. I, I can't guess. I haven't watched that show so. But it is one that was used in a, in one Justice League, at least one Justice League Unlimited episode. So I dug it out and showed it to him this weekend. Vixen? I don't know. Buana Beast. Buana Beast. <laughs> My son is... He, I, and he every weekend I come and he tells me, you remember when Buana Beast took the horse and the spider and turned it into one thing? That was so funny. And that was cool. And and then he, showed, he doesn't really do anything except leap around. And just so now you've got to find all those back issues of Buana Beast. <laughs> That's going to be pretty easy to find. Yeah. The two. Because um, I think he only appeared in Showcase. I don't They're think he like ever had it. You know, so... I. He's, I, so think this he, is a I think he also he had a panel or two in Infinite Crisis. Can't believe yeah. they let you read Crisis. The crisis. Take <laughs> it up with my wife. Uh, so uh, I'm making a plea out to James Tucker if you're listening, I, and I'm going to write to J.M. Damoteus because he's the only staff writer I know on Brave and the Bold. And say, dude, could you sneak Boana Beast? In Kids love Boana. Uh, but on the on, uh, it makes sense. For that age group to say a hero who can take animals and make new animals, what the hell are all their toys about? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've got this Ben 10 set that he creates, Aliens, and my yeah. son has this new Ben 10 toy that you can mix and match the aliens. Kids love to do the mix and match thing. Mm. Buona, who knew Buona Beast was a perfect superhero for five-year-olds? Especially because he also has the sharp tooth, the way they draw him. The sharp tooth sticks up. The one off out of, out of his, One out of the side of his mouth, you know, so it's just like... He looks like a goofy, savage guy you don't want to mess with. <laughs> and, he, and, and, you know, and they treated it well on that series. It's like, he's like, what do you think about my powers now, Batman? Well, you're pretty good. They're still creepy. <laughs> so he's creepy and kids love creepy. I think yeah, Buona Beast and Animal Man. On the and then I got to have this yeah. great, you know, discuss, I showed him also the, the Justice League Unlimited episode where, where uh, Mordred turned them all, had them all turn into kids mm-hmm. and had the baby demon. So, boy, was that an awkward moment when my son runs around the corner, my wife comes home, and he, she, he says, I got to watch a baby demon. <laughs> He's like, what? Excuse me? And, nice. and, and then my daughter goes, Derek! Mom, the demon, like from Brave and the Bold. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> yeah, there was a moment of, eep, still not as bad as the wedding singer incident. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been going back over Justice League, and I'm happy that Brave and the Bold is coming out with new. Again, Anyway, they did an Adam Strait. Oh. They're so obscure with their, with this their heroes. Friday, awesome. This Friday is what? This Friday on Nicktoons. Yes. Iron Man. 
Ah, I've heard of him. The Iron Man animated, the new Iron with Man, Iron Man as a teen, apparently, with Jim Rhodes as a another teen. teen. Oh, I remember that plot complication when he came. They got the, the Tony Stark from the past. And they brought him to the present. He killed the insane version of himself. Tried yeah. to buy and alcohol then, and they carted and him. And that was right before Heroes Were Born. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Apparently, okay. apparently uh, they're all set to go with new episodes of a Teen Iron Man. A teen Iron Sweet. Man. Well, I mean, this is they're doing the Marvel Superhero Squad. It's coming where there'll be the little kid versions of everything, and uh, which is introducing. If anybody's seen the promotional poster and it's hanging up in here, where there's a character called Dinor or Riptar. Riptar. That's the great a char- a kid superhero with dinosaur powers who Riptar. apparently is just been introduced in comics because they realize they. They had a great character for cartoons. So, cool. I don't know if the character sucks in comics or not, but I just found out about that and went, oh, well, that's who that is in that poster. But, uh, you know, definitely aim for the little kids. Why not? I mean, I'm still a little disturbed when my son's like, Wolverine rocks. Wolverine's really cool. And I can't show you any of it. He's a vicious killer. Yeah, he's a vicious yeah. killer. He's the best he is at what he does. Yeah. And what he does is imitate Rick Brettschneider. <laughs> <laughs> Snick. Ah, 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 oh, jeez. Oh, get away, Rick. Oh, no, that was just a cord. Oh. Anyway, uh, so mm, that's all I got for TV. What do you got? Anything else? I got nothing. We got nothing. All right. Well, in porn news. No. Uh, oh, oh, let's just wrap We up. got nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you got any questions, comments, complaints, commentary, we'll have a new contest. If where you know the, where Lon Lopez is. Where in the world is Lon Lopez? Start the backup. Uh, can can we all singing. three of it do it? Where, where in, in the, the world, world is Lon Lopez? Lopez. No, I'm, I'm really, Rick and I are too, actually too old for that show. I don't know what you're talking about. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Ah. Uh, yeah. If you have to explain it, it's not fun. I had the computer no, program. So you can cut that out. You can cut that, that explanation okay. out. It'll make you, you know. Anyway, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Until then, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Lon Lopez. Oh, I was going to I'm go. Michael Goodson. I'm Lon Lopez. <laughs> and I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. Hello, dum-dum. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Yeah, I really hear that. Yeah. It's like a a bug eating a leaf. Triscuits and podcasts go together like Rick and Kill-It-A-Man. Oh, let's start that rumor. <laughs> I was uh, not convicted. You know, we're just we're just doing this to make Debbie laugh when she has to do it a thousand times. Yeah. And she's gonna go, I never hear about these things. You killed a man? All your friends know? You didn't tell me? <laughs> that other guy hey, wanted to date you. I got a bone to pick with you, Brett Schneider. You do. I, careful. I'm deadly. <clears throat> what the magical card made it out over the air? No, but that's the same podcast. <laughs> I told you, don't stick me in the outgate, outtakes, and you did. Right. You it was there? a great outtake. You're saying, don't stick me in the outtakes. I know. Specifically listen to that podcast to see if you did. I did. Is this one of you for listening? Don't stick me in the outtakes? I did get to hear Lon's story, uh, or your, your Burger King story.
You guys are terrible, terrible people. What? That's included in the game out <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, it is. I cut the worst parts out. You totally costanza that table. You were, I, you were, you were, it, the, what made it okay was the I fact was you felt bad about it. You were contrite, yes. Yes. yes, that was. But it works at home all the time. But honey, I'm sorry. But I thought the magical word worked well with the payo. <laughs> Yeah, except Stephanie actually said, you know, so that total the thing that one of the magical movies. I heard you say. <laughs> that made it out over the air. <laughs> Isn't it great that you've got a reputation for coining that phrase? And by the way, wait, what? <clears throat> what? I was right. What? Our archivist went and found you. You haven't gone on the Facebook page on no. the Fanboy Planet. I really uh, haven't. She she said that uh, Rick was right that I had said that I was going to watch all of uh, Dollhouse and you would challenge you would call okay. you would call her out you said Stephanie check it and she checked it and she put it on the site. Excellent. So. Hmm. <sighs> all righty. Somehow I mean, that victory just isn't as sweet. Or <laughs> they're like. Yeah. Okay. That's great, Rick. Okay. A big pat on the I, back for you. I teach at a girls' school. Are I'm you wrong. tired? I'm wrong a dozen times a minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good, son. Wow, you even pulled a lawn.